Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Happy New Year's, everybody! Guess what? This is season two, episode one, the very first episode coming out for 2024. Woo-hoo. And we have everybody with us today. How you doing, Josh? I am doing good. Hoping for a better year this year than last year. Hey, um, that's all we can all hope for. I wouldn't mind a few more days like I had on Wednesday. Clocked out at 12.30 on my 48K. Wow. I had two days this week of 1.30 on my 45K. You're doing better than I am. Well, there was like nothing. I have one tray of DPS for the whole route. Like no flats. Parcels were really light. Um, so I just pulled down, you know, I pulled did a hard ripple on that tray, bundled up the for the CBUs, and then for the curbside, I pulled down my parcel markers and flats and spurs into it, hit the street. Nice. You know, ended up having to circle back and take the long way around to get back to the office to hit my blue box on my way back. It was not much. It was only a few minutes later than I normally hit it at the very beginning of the route. <laughs> Most days. We, we, we don't mind days like that after the holidays. That's for sure. It was a mixed bag for me. I had uh, Tuesday, we had no Amazon. So I was back at, I don't even know what time it was. Tuesday wasn't too bad. Mail, I mean, all the mail was heavy. Parcels were light. Uh, Wednesday was a, I don't know, an average day. Thursday was pretty light again. I was back at one thirty on Thursday. And then, of course, I had to, as a new regular, had to redo my fingerprints and background check Thursday after I got back. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. And then... Oh, they uh, that's online, right? That questionnaire online? Yes, yeah. Yeah, luckily it only goes back five years, so that it, for me it was really simple, easy. I think the only thing I really had to look up to put in there was the address of my high school. So, other than that, I, I mean... That, 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 that was more than five years ago prior to me going to regular, so I didn't have to worry yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, they still wanted it, but you know. But other than that, Friday was a fairly average day. Saturday, like yesterday, like I said, I was back again by one thirty yesterday. So I'm not going to complain. I'll take it as it is. We do have a new sub hired for my route. I have a shadow day scheduled for the 10th because he's going to orientation on the 9th. 
other than that, it hasn't been too bad. James, how was uh, how was your uh, getting through the holidays? Through uh, Christmas, the uh, it was pretty good. Uh, overtime every single day ended up being in overtime on Friday. So I cased and uh, set up my entire route, and then the supervisor comes over and goes, "You can hand off half of it to the RCA." And I'm like, um, really? And so I ended up handing off half my route. So that took three hours off of me for the route, but I still got a bunch of overtime for the week as it was. Um, and I did let them know that next time, ask first before telling you're going to do that, because then you can actually get concurrence on that. And there's less likely a chance that they'll be upset about it and file a grievance, stuff like that, because we're entitled to that overtime. So he said, okay, I won't do that to anybody else, but you know, yeah, and I'm like, but I'm one of those that I'll take the early out if I can get the early out, you know, I'm still into overtime anyway, still into overtime anyway. And I'm, I'll start my three day weekend early, (laughs) you know? So that was pretty good. And then, uh, this past week, Monday was pretty heavy. I didn't get done until an hour, hour 15 after my evaluation. And Tuesday. Yeah, why, why'd you work an hour and a half over Monday? Tuesday. <laughs> it felt like a Monday. It felt like a Monday. Dumbass. <laughs> but no, Tuesday. But um, yeah, and then Wednesday was extremely light. I only had 36 scans on Tuesday. And mail, I had three trays of mail t- pulled down into my DPS, everything, three trays. It was crazy. And then Wednesday was also like Thursday. It started picking up again. I guess people started using their gift cards from Christmas and things like that. And then Friday was a normal, normal day for me. And then we got to here. And even though it's New Year's Eve that we're recording this, Happy New Year to everybody as you're listening to this on New Year's Day or after our first episode for 2024. And it's going to be a big one. So stay tuned. Bill, how's the last couple of weeks been treating you, dear? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to rip the colon out of every one of you uh, big 48K routes getting done at 1.30 in the afternoon because uh, I'm still working the 5, 6 o'clock. And I don't understand what the hell y'all are doing. But um, on Monday, oh, no, no, it wasn't Monday. It was Tuesday. Uh, we had seven carriers call out. Out of eighteen routes, yeah, and, you call, yeah, you called and told me about that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And and the the supervisor came around asking for volunteers, and I said, "Hold on, you threatened us on Friday about Saturday, and then you need our help on Tuesday." I said, "Go around the corner and look, see if you find any, because <laughs> you're not getting any here." And uh, the the our local poom, who I call a uh, a little bit of a name. Um, because he's short and uh, he was in the office and, you know, he wasn't happy about it. So on Wednesday, he decided that no regular carriers are allowed to help on any vacant routes for the rest of the MOU. (laughs) That's fine by us. You know, I don't give a shit, but uh, no, I mean, you know, I've been coming into a a hamper and a half of parcels, the two hampers every day. my mail's down to four to five trays of DPS. Flats are well, basically non-existent, but I mean, hell, my parcels are still up there. I mean, you got everybody using their gift cards, everybody using their returns, 
And, uh, you know, funny because I, I've seen more Christmas cards in the mail this week than I did the previous three weeks. Yes, I have seen a lot, too. You know, it, it's just, it, you know. It tailed I, off I, I, by I yesterday, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll get 30 or 40 large parcels, but then I have 15 trays of spurs every day. So I don't understand why you guys are dropping off so much. You must live in a poor neighborhood or something. I don't know. More rural area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, no, you know, our, uh, I'm happy for you. Tuesday, our truck was an hour and a half late Tuesday. Didn't get there to quarter to nine. And we all got there at like 730. <laughs> we had no Amazon Tuesday. No drop for Amazon. And, uh, yeah, and I think we had carriers that were climbed up and was dusting off the top of their cases. Uh, my daughter texts me as I was playing Monopoly Go going, hey, you're supposed to be working. And after I was uh, causing her to go bankrupt or something, I don't know. But, yeah, Tuesday our truck was an hour and a half late. It was crazy. Supposedly they made him wait for DPS where a lot of the area offices didn't get DPS. But we did. Wasn't too bad though, but other than that, yeah, it was it was a fairly, I don't know, our week was kind of light, kind of not light, just depended on the day. All right, James, what was that you you had a good topic you wanted to discuss about holidays and scheduling and order or consideration? Well, let's start off with that one. All right, so I've had a few people actually reach out to me. Uh, online and I'm always open to talking to people online and their biggest question came about holiday scheduling and who is actually supposed to be forced into work out of regular carriers because the holiday leave is a different force in than standard because you have the holiday which for us these past two weeks was on Monday and the designated holiday being Saturday, people were getting upset because they were forced in both Saturdays. And so I wanted to bring up the topic and actually specifically explain the part of the contract that deals with this and why it's just a little bit different compared to normal uh, call-ins for forcing people in. So the biggest part of it is of course, Article 11, Holidays, Section 2, Payment, which is subsection B. When a holiday falls on the relief day of an evaluated carrier, the carrier shall be granted the preceding workday as the designated holiday. When the primary leave replacement is unavailable on the carrier's designated holiday, and other leave replacements are unavailable in accordance with Article 30.2.D, the regular carrier may be scheduled to work on the designated holiday. For the purpose of this section, a leave replacement is considered unavailable when he or she is assigned to work on any regular or auxiliary route. A regular world carrier required to work on a designated holiday shall receive the daily rate of pay for such day in addition to holiday leave pay to which the employee is entitled. A regular warrior carrier is required to work on the designated Christmas holiday 
such carrier shall receive one and one half times the daily rate of pay in addition to the holiday leave pay. There is a section C that talks about getting a credit for an annual leave since 2023 President's Day holiday. We already had talked about this in a previous episode of the credit for that and things like that. But the key there is when the relief carriers are assigned to work any regular or auxiliary route. So if they're assigned to an auxiliary route, they're considered unavailable on a holiday. So what what does that mean to you guys? What does well, that section mean? Okay. First of all, we'll, we'll use an, a regular office where most people have Saturday off. If you have a carrier that shows Monday as a relief day and the holiday falls on Monday, their holiday reverts back to Saturday. It's cheaper to bring them in to work their observed holiday than it is to bring in a carrier on the RDWL at time and a half. Except in the order of, see, you talked about the uh, RDWL. They have to bring in the RDWL first. This is forcing carriers after you've gone through it. Not on their holiday. A holiday order consideration by itself does not include holiday carriers. It's cheaper for them to work a holiday carrier than someone on their relief day. So they're going to work the holiday carrier first. But if you read Section 9 of the Order of Consideration, it says select a regular rural carrier to work in accordance with Article 8.5. A, select carriers on the relief day work list in order of seniority on a rotating basis to work their relief day. Then, B, if the need exists, the employer will accept volunteers from regular carriers not on the list before requiring carriers not on the list to work the relief day. Such requirement will be by juniority. And the only exception listed here is any regular carrier may be bypassed from working a relief day if the hours worked would cause them to exceed 2080 hours for the guarantee year or 56 hours for the week. Right. That's so the one thing. Keep in mind that designated holiday is still your regular work day. Yes. Yes. So that's the caveat to that. It's still your regular work day. It's yes. not your relief day. Your holiday moves, not your relief day. Your relief day stays the same. And the key to that never also changes. is, and they talk about forcing by juniority, it starts with those that their relief day is on the actual holiday. So if your relief day is Monday, first, the people who normally work Saturday are the ones to be forced in. Then once all those people have been forced in, then they go to the people who have the Saturday off. And this gets a lot of people in a tizzy in offices because people that have 20 years in as a regular could be forced in 
on the Saturday designated holiday because they have Monday off over the guy who only has two or three years in that has a Saturday relief day. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, you're going to work your holiday before over somebody's uh, drop day. Your drop day. Drop day. Relief yeah. day, yes. Yes. So that's, Unless, that's the key. like I said before, if you're a mail carrier in my office and your relief day is a Saturday and that becomes the carrier's Monday K-Day is now holiday is Saturday... You're going to stuck working so they can use your sub to cover that person's holiday. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, side note. Sure. But that would that would be a grievance. And what are we doing when something is violating the contract, Bill? We file, file, and file. Smile. Yep. <laughs> even if we are on the work re- relief day work list. Yeah. 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 That's but my yeah. management is pretty much said if you're on the relief day work list, you're volunteering to give up every relief day to work. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna and go there right now. There there is a caveat to you being forced in too, and that is if you have a annual leave, sick leave, or an X day scheduled adjacent to their to your relief day, you will not be required to work your relief day even if forced in. If even if they're forcing people in. Unless you volunteer. Mm-hmm. So we just, Correct. I just wanted to, I just wanted to cover that because it, there are so many people that don't understand that process and designated holiday versus actual holiday. It's a lot easier when the holiday falls on a Saturday because everybody just gets Saturday off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Party. <laughs> but. What's that was a the Saturday biggest... off. <laughs> That's why holidays falling on a Saturday are a great thing because even people who have to work six days a week get Saturday off. This is true. <laughs> yes, yes. But so yeah, that's the big biggest thing that a lot of people have is who gets forced in first, and they actually have to ask from seniority down through everybody before they volunteers. Force. Yes. And that includes both the people that have a Saturday and a Monday relief day. So they literally start at the most senior to the least senior person asking if they want to volunteer. And then juniority on people Saturday first, then juniority on people with Monday. Or juniority with people on Monday first for a Saturday designated holiday. And then Saturday people after that. I misspoke. Yeah, so, you know, and with the uh, Christmas overtime season ending on the 22nd, that and being the fact that I went regular November 18th, that means I'm not on the relief day work list. So now I'm baking X days. (laughs) Well, sounds like you're about to have a sub, though. (laughs) I am. Well, I will have a few banked X days until we get that sub up and going. So I'm up to two so far. Yep, yep. <clears throat> and as long as you don't run them off like the last couple of them. I don't think so. He seems pretty excited for this job. I did a little social media sleuthing on who it is, so I had an idea of what I was working with, you know, being 
And so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm very optimistic. Let's put it this way for this time. Whether or not their longevity in my particular office will go past a year, that I don't know, but we're optimistic at this point. So, uh, so and... what you're saying is you're keeping your fingers crossed, but not holding your breath. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I. Ex that's all I can do. I definitely don't hold my breath in my office one bit for anything. Uh. <laughs> oh, that brings me. That brings me back to Tuesday because when we had our seven open routes, one of our subs walked out. Oh boy. Yeah. Just said, "Fuck this! I, I can't take this anymore," and just walked out. We have a regular carrier in my office that's pretty close to that at this point in time too. Oh, I'm like that every day. You get you get in my face. <laughs> I'll pack up. Go, go well, out. you can retire at any time you want too. So <laughs> well, I could have retired in the past four years, but you know, my wife makes I... me work. <laughs> Those of us are just starting our career. So yeah, of you're gonna blame the poor regular. Boy. That's what I'm saying. Just starting our career. At the ripe old age of forty-five, so yeah, I've I've got some time to go still. So now I want to talk about what our plans are for this year with the podcast. So we do have a bit of things lined up already that we're working on. Tentatively, we have a schedule of special guests that we're going to be bringing in, as well as looking for an RCA or two or other members that wish to actually step up and join in the fray of conversation here. You know how fun we have it. Maybe and we are exactly. And, you know, on a revolving basis is fine. If you don't want to do it every week, you know, you don't have to, if you want to just come in and say your piece and be done one and done, you're more than welcome to. I'm actually probably going to do a, a Google form and I'll post it in the group and on the Facebook page and whatnot. That way people can sign up when they're available. We normally record on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, or start, it's about the time we get on and we actually start recording closer to 7.30. But uh, that way, you know, people can sign up. We can reach out to you ahead of time. There will be a little vetting process going in on that too. But yeah, we do, uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, move things along as we come into this new year. Go ahead, James. Sorry to cut you off. No worries. I mean, it, it, it's, there's a lot of stuff we're going to go on. And the other thing is, is if you have a story you want told out there, you want to tell us your story of something that happened to you that you've heard happening in other places and you want to tell your story and get advice from us and actually talk about it on air with us. We're willing to do that as well. There's so many opportunities for different ways this can go. But the biggest thing is, is we want to make sure that we are here answering your questions and so helping you to get through whatever it is you're dealing with. And point you in the right direction on where you need to go to further rectify a situation if needed. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll insist that if we have stories, I would prefer them to be firsthand and not secondhand. Correct. Correct. Just so that we and get another, a more honest perspective in regards to the accuracy of the story itself. 
Yeah. And another, another big one that I want to have talked about and something that I get contacted about a lot is on the job injuries, workman's comp. We're actually going to be bringing Ron Speakman from fed up into the mix and having a conversation with him about going through the process of on the job injuries, OWCP and things like that, because he is very knowledgeable in that stuff a lot more than a lot of the people that we've talked to. And so we're going to actually pick his brain about the whole process and what it can mean for rural carriers as well. Absolutely. Ron's a good guy. As I see he's listening in right now, but yeah. uh, yes, we have big plans coming up for 2024. And uh, I, I'm excited for this year, guys. How about you? Oh, I'm really excited. It's, it's going to be a, quite an interesting lead up to both uh, the rest of the year as well as international convention this year. And that's the big push we're going for now and um, getting there. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Who's national convention. Oklahoma. Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. What's going on in Oklahoma? The Western states. Oh, what is that? Not Western. What is it? Southwest. Southwest. When is yeah. that one? Uh, it's in February. Oh, we'll see. Maybe. I might be able Maybe. to join you. I, I might. A lot of votes there. There yeah. is. I, I, you know what? Let me look at the dates and uh, I may be able to join you on that one. We'll see how it goes with my RCA. I'll be more than happy to give him some hours. Like I said, I got some bank X days coming up. I, I mean, I've looked at SAC, but SAC is more informational mm -hmm. than, you know, a, a open mic type opportunity. So I'm a little, ugh, I got to make up my mind by the 10th, January 10th on that one. But uh, yeah, the Southwest, I definitely want to get to. Okay. What about mid-states in May? Where's that at? Muskegon, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Who the hell wants to go there? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you can make it an extended vacation because the following weekend, I do believe, I'll have to double check the dates. I do believe the following weekend is my daughter's graduation. Oh, oh okay, yeah, I look forward to it. There we go. <laughs> no, that that one's also under consideration as well as the western states too. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, let me know if like I said, I want to get this RCA trained and give him some hours so I'm more than and use up some X days. So uh so, Let's see what we got going on. So, Bill, yes. you want to tell them why you're going to be attending all these uh, regional conventions? Uh, let's see. To spread the message, to spread the word, to spread dissent, um, to get my face out there in front of people, get their input, let them know that uh, we have a better future if we get the right delegates selected for the national convention, promote the craft over the union damn let's see you know what else do i want to do oh, just generally generally start shit but why what is the ultimate goal you want to achieve out of all that you know, so wasn't um, there something else i i yeah. i would like i would like to be the president of the national rural letter carriers association so that we can have true representation of the craft on the national board and so we can get rid of the gang of nine that's been ruling our board for the past 20 years to their own benefit and not for the benefit of the carriers. 
You heard it here, folks. Bill May is running for president of the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. You're the first to know. I mean, besides us, of course, but you're the first to know that Bill is going to be running for national president. So we need everybody involved. We need people out there on the streets, getting people to run for delegate, getting people to vote for delegate, getting that happening. Because Bill is running for president, and I can tell you this from knowing him these last year and a half, two years, he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and he cares about the craft. He cares about participation. He wants to take care of this craft because he may be an angry old man sometimes, but that passion he has for it shows in how he does things. Well, let, let let me just follow up on that. Uh, for those who don't know me personally, um, I could have retired four or five years ago easily. You know, uh, I, I've done well in the market and everything. Uh, my wife is six years younger than me, so I'm kind of waiting for her to catch up, you know, to Social Security and all that. But what drives me is the stuff that I see every day in my office and address the the social media pages that I, you know, peruse through and sit there and go, how can this be happening in the office? How can, how can this be happening in our steward system? How can this be happening at the national level? Where are the people that we've elected to represent us? Why aren't they out there pounding the bricks saying no more? And the, the, the whole reason of it is they're not there for out of concern for us. They're, they're out there to milk it till they get to retirement and then they'll be gone. And they're, they're just passing the torch down, down the ladder, you know, as we have seen over the past five, six years. And there's no concern for the carriers. I mean, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I am passionate. I, I, and I do get angry because of the fact that I see how everybody's treated. And, and then I get jealous when I see people who have great postmasters, we have a national steward system that should have our back. And guess what? We don't have a national steward system for us. We just pay them. And I want to put some teeth in the steward system. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there, Bill. You know, the, the thing about it is I have talked with stewards across this country. I've talked with ADRs across this country. I've talked with district reps across this country. And I've talked with carriers across this country that tell me the downfalls within our national steward system. The communication line in our steward system is broken. There are issues all up and down the chain. I've talked about this before. I talked with an ADR who's not only working his route all the time, He's also spending his off time away from the route, away from work, doing steward work. And he's done 100 plus hours a week as a ADR working for the craft. That's the type of people I like working as ADRs, is the people that are willing to get down and do the work as hard and passionately as I, I do for the craft and how much we care about the craft. Those are the type of people we need working for our, our system. 
And then I hear from others who tell me they contacted their ADR and they haven't heard back in a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, things like that. Or they get a mess, get a, send a question to somebody and they get a response back of, let me look into it. I'll get back to you. Things like that. And they never get a response back. Our system is so broken up at the top that we have our director of labor relations operating the steward system. Our director of labor relations doesn't even know labor laws. And yet she's trying to run the steward system instead because that's where her forte more lies is in the steward system. So in order to fix this, we need somebody who's going to turn around and tell these stewards and ADRs and DRs they have a specific time frame to get back to their carriers. We need somebody in that position who's going to set up people to investigate when that's not happening. We need somebody who's going to find out where our deficiencies are in our steward system because we have stewards out there who give different answers across the board. I can go ask two stewards in one state a simple question and get two different answers. And that should not be happening in this system. And so because of that, I'm letting everybody here know also that I am going to be running for the director of steward operations because our steward system is the most important protection for our craft. Our stewards are there to be the defense attorneys for our craft against management. And without a good steward system, the contract is useless. Management, we found out, won't defend the contract. Management won't follow the contract. And we have stewards out there who would rather be friendly with management and settle for language that already exists instead of taking care of our carriers. And one of the biggest things I'm going to do is I'm going to make it known to every steward in the system that settling for language only occurs at the national level. Because if the language already exists, you shouldn't be settling for it in the first place. So you heard it now, here, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> from, from now, from now until national convention, I'm asking you guys: let me know how your stewards are. Let me know what deficiencies you have. Let me know if you have good ones too, because I would gladly shout from the rooftops about the good ones. Gladly put their names out there, because they deserve the recognition for defending their carriers. But I also want to clean up the problems in the system. Now you can do it, Kristen. All right, here we go. <laughs> you guys, you have heard it here first. Bill is officially going to be running for NRLCA president this year again. James is officially going to be running for director of steward operations. 2024 National Convention in August in Reno, Nevada. 
If y'all yep. want me to run, let me know. I am open to running. My mind at this point is not completely made up, but I, it's definitely not off the table. So I have not made, I'm not making official announcement until I am officially knowing that I'm going to run in what position. But if y'all out there are listening and you would like to see me run again, which I did last, uh, well, actually be two years now, 2022, I did run for vice president as an RCA. I am not opposed to running again. But I want to know from you guys where you would like to see me, whether that's an executive committeeman, a vice president. I'm going to leave labor off the table at this point in time. That is not my forte. I mean, I care about each and every one of you. I really do. But labor definitely, I'm going to be honest, is not my forte. <laughs> but I, I, uh, thought, I, I thought about labor. But at the same at the same time, I know that steward operations, the only way labor can be really beneficial to the craft is if the steward system is, is fixed up first. I, I completely Ooh. agree. I mean, but I do know I've been talking with several people about that. And if you're wanting to step up, we're willing we're willing to announce that you're running on our, our platform. We will so put that out there, yes. If you, you know, are willing to step up and run for a national office and would like to come on and say, hey, I am so-and-so, I am running for this office, this is what I believe in, this is what I want to do, we will open that up for you. Our platform is available for you. And, and don't yep. forget, ladies and gentlemen, we're not looking to change one or two positions on the national board. We want to change the entire national board. Because that's the only way to get effective policy instituted to care and protect the carriers. Absolutely. Dues and non-dues paying, James. Yes. I, I the, you know, go ahead. As the director of steward operations, one of the biggest things that I'm going to ensure happens is that every steward follows the law on that because i've heard stories of non-dues paying carriers being treated differently than dues paying carriers and that is against the law and that shouldn't be happening now granted as a union member i want everybody to be dues paying and supporting the union but we know that's not feasible across the board right now but we will support every single rural carrier out there because not only is it the right thing to do to protect the dues-paying members, it's also the right thing to do with the law. All right. So I just had a few people come out and say, uh, we need a VP. Okay. I'll do it again. I, I, I'll do it again. You'll do it again? Well, this is my official. This is my official announcement that yes i will be running for vice president of the nrlca come august in reno could you imagine having carriers on the national board what a difference that would make well you know and that's where i kind of stood as an rca running in 2022 in orlando i was still an rca then i am a regular now i am a new regular 
However, the vice president is the one that works closely with doing the RCA Academy. They're the ones that head that up for the most part. You know, everything RCA related pretty much goes to the vice president. I still have, I mean, you know, RCAs are important to me. You know, we've got our new one in the office that we just, and he's young, he's 19, maybe 20. He, we, I, I've taken him under, you know, I've walked up to him. All right, I got to have that mom talk with you about this. Don't be doing this. This is your official mo postal mom talk. You know, it, it's, I, these guys, you know, even as a regular, when they would say, hey, you know, do you want some overtime and go help him? You don't even, it's, to me, it's not about the overtime. To me, it's like, absolutely, I'm going to go help him. I'm going to go make sure that, you know, his first day out on the route, everybody's first day alone on the route sucks. We all know that. But I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Give me your packages. Head back to the office. Case up the rest of the mail that you have for this portion of the route. I'll deliver the packages. You're doing good. And it's going to get better because you're starting in the middle of Christmas season, you know, to keep them going. RCAs are still my heart. You know, I, I didn't spend as many years as quite a few, but giving the turnaround we've had, I've been an RC, I was an RCA longer than what some of my regular carriers have been with the post office total. Am I right, James? <laughs> you were an RCA longer than I've been with the post office. That's what I'm saying. I was an RCA for eight years, 11 months, five days. Who's yes, counting? I, did. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, but, you and know, what? and I, I know people that were RCAs for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. I mean, I get that. I fall kind of right in the middle. I mean, we've got one friend of ours who was an RCA for 13 months and went full time. You know, that... RCAs and how we can better train them and get them going to where and are better treated in their offices. That to me is a passion. And I think as the vice president, I would work very closely with making sure RCAs got the proper training from the ground up. And let's get the buyback pushed through. That is definitely, yeah, for Congress, definitely. I mean, we can push that, too. I mean... That, that and the RCA's becoming career after 20, 80 hours or two years that was passed as a resolution at this last national convention. That needs to be put in this next contract that our current board is going to start negotiating in, soon. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that as well, because that's probably one of the first things that our current national board is going to remove from the contract negotiations. Hell no. Yeah. So here's the thing, people, our contract negotiations start soon. We don't know as boots on the ground, what date that actually is going to start when it's going to somewhere start. in the next eight to 12 weeks. Okay. So, you know, we have a assessment of when it will start. When it ends, we don't know. If this contract is not settled before the next national convention, the people that you elect into office are going to continue those negotiation talks. Just remember that. 
And what would you honestly? I think what we negotiate, what we've been talking about, what what the post office has put out to us, what we said absolutely no to, or what you know, I think our negotiations should be available to our membership, on what we're talking about, where where things are headed. There needs to be some sort of transparency in contract negotiations. Yes, resolutions, non-binding resolutions are that wish list of what we'd like to talk or what we'd like to see negotiated, of what we'd like to see. But what actually gets talked about and negotiated, we have no clue until it comes to ratification meetings. I think that needs to change. Yeah, I think putting it out on social media of what's actually happening. You know, the current I... national, the current national board believes that keeping everything behind closed doors protects their views, opinions, and strategies. But if you're in contract negotiations, you want to put out what you're currently asking for. Because I don't know if I would go as far and I don't mean to cut you off James I don't know if I would go as far as posting that contract negotiations on social media I think and I'm going to say this I update on it would be good I'm going to say and I don't don't go after me for saying this people but I think that is something that should be on the website and not necessarily on the social media but yes maybe a highlighted high you know points of could be put out there to drive people to go look up and see what's been negotiated and what is a yes and what is a no and what is a still in talks i get that um and this one is uh right yeah exactly you know right on you know the nalc has their rap discussion the rap talks the rap discussion whatever it's called i mind me if i'm wrong on that but they you know they do they put that out for the membership i but you know and one of my biggest concerns as is many is the post office wanting to go after the article 30 and this falls in with the mou stating that regulars can volunteer on other routes that mou that has been extended time after time after time since COVID, yes, it went away briefly, then it came back. That MOU being extended through March as it goes into contract negotiations is very much a target for the post office to say, well, you have put this MOU out for so long. Well, if you want this, then we're going to take that uh, protection of a regular carrier just responsible for their one route away. And now they can be mandated to cover parts of other routes or whatever else is needed and not on a volunteer basis. Or and take not a pivot, get... like city. Yes, exactly. Well, the, the, the problem with your overview, you know, even if you just did it on our website, okay, is that you have a national board that's going to be trying to protect themselves. So you're not going to get the information that, you know, you're looking for that you're entitled to you're going to get what they feed you. Exactly. And that's the yeah. problem with the national board. There, there, There's no transparency in the post office, and there's even less from our union. And, and, and guys, 
I'm just going to put it out there. If we were to be elected to the national board, either one of us or all three of us, this podcast would continue. Oh, yeah. Yep, because the issues surrounding information being disseminated really don't have a leg to stand on for the people that have turned what we've done here into a problem. As you know, four of us got decertified by our national board. Yes, but for for us, that is the cost of dissent, the cost of going against the grain, the cost of being different from what they envision happening. But it's also illegal what they did. So that'll be solved soon enough. But until then, we're still waiting with bated breath. But we're still going to be here for the craft because guess what? The craft makes the union. Leadership doesn't make the union. Every single rural carrier makes the union. Every single one of you listening to us today that's a rural carrier makes the union. Whether you you pay dues or not, you make the union. You make the craft. I mean, we are boots on the ground people. We we have seen it. We have gone through it. We have dealt with hostile management in one facade or another. We've been through good management. We've had bad management. We are working our relief days. We have worked other routes and gone out and helped. We are people that have experienced what has been going on in the last five to ten years of the post office. You know, the biggest the biggest thing we've gone through in the past is the 2008 recession. That is what caused a lot of the problems to start forming within this union. Yes, there were problems before that, but they've gotten even worse since the 2008 recession when everybody from the Postal Service back to GM, Ford and Chrysler, the big three, uh, other unions out there, they all went to two-tier system to try and stave off the companies going into bankruptcies and, and things like that. And that's one of the things the unions ended up dealing with because arbitration gave us the two-tier pay racks and stuff like that when Jeanette Dwyer, our current, one of our current committeemen, was president of the union. And now it's time for us, as the UAW, as the Teamsters, as every other union out there. Heck, I just read an article yesterday of a Costco in Virginia going union. Costco, one of the companies that actually takes care of their employees, has gone union. So now is the time for unions to step up and negotiate a better contract for everybody. And that starts with the leadership that's negotiating it. And right now we don't have the leadership that has the balls to do it. And I'll just put that out there. <laughs> well, I, I'll put the caveat out there that if we m- maintain the current leadership, our next contract will look like the last contract. 
and there's not going to be any protections in there whatsoever. It'll be the standard 1.3% raise, the cost of living. Oh, we got you your colas. You know what? You know, a lot of these people say, take your cola and shove it up your ass. If I'm being treated like shit at work every day, if I'm being belittled, if I'm being harassed, you know, they're, they're tired of it. And, and, you know, frankly, folks, I don't blame you. I don't blame the people who are walking off the jobs that saying, you know, I don't need this anymore. And they don't. There, there's job, there's plenty of jobs out there that, you know, won't treat you like this. And, and God bless you if you go a different path because, you know, you don't want to deal with it. You know, you, you have a family life that, you know, has enough problems on a personal level. You don't need to take this toxicity home. Leave it at the office. Go find another job if you have to. The thing of it is, if you're going to stick it out, then let's fight and let's fight together. I mean, fighting together is what we need to do right down from the, the brand new RCA to that senior carrier who's trying to eventually retire. You know, we all have to band together and fight together as one. You know, that was, that was part of my platform when I ran for VP in 2022 was, you know, I want to hear from the membership. If you have an issue that you're not getting through to other people or it's something that needs it, you know, to contact. I mean, I had a lot of people saying, so you're going to field a thousand phone calls in a day or you're going to get back to, you know, I it may not be able to get back to you right away. But yeah, if you reached out to me as a national officer, I guarantee I will get back to you within a week, within a week. You know, that that's fielding through everybody. I'm hoping to narrow that down. But yeah, I would get back to every single person that reached out to me personally. One way or another. If that means I'm up till 3 o'clock in the morning, typing out an email to get back to somebody, and setting an alarm for, eight, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning to make a phone call, or, you know, send an email out saying, hey, what's the best time to call you to, so we can discuss this? Then that's what I would do. And, and that's, I, that's the level of commitment that's needed to represent a hundred thousand people. You know, James James always would like to throw in the caveat of all oh, dues and non-dues paying members alike. You know, what happens to one of us happens to all of us, whether you're in the union or not. So if you overlook a transgression to a non-union dues paying member, um, guess what? They're gonna start coming after you next. Yep. Not yeah. on my watch. And as they, as I've seen, we've heard on multiple different podcasts and multiple different crafts, what happens in one office eventually spreads to every office. And what happens in one craft eventually spreads to the other crafts. And one of the other things that we want to do is we want open communication between the craft leaderships. We want the NRLCA talking with the NALC, talking with the APWU to see what management is doing against us. Because right now, as it stands, the leadership that we have is behind the eight ball when it comes to what management's doing. They don't see it coming. 
And especially when it gets to, and I'm going to put this in there, the joint statement, the 440. If there is something going on in an office that falls under a joint statement, then we need all of the unions involved on that. And there ain't no reason why we can't reach out and talk to the other unions to say, hey, we've got this came to came up through the chain for us about what's going on in this office. You got somebody in near that office to find out what's going on from your craft so we can all get in on this together and get this taken care of. Yeah, just like pre-episode here tonight where, you know, city, rural, and, and clerk people were brought together to address the situation in an office. Yeah, by a poom. Why can't we have more pooms like that? <laughs> I, I was amazed. I You know, kudos to that poom to say, hey, you know, don't tell the postmaster, but I want to talk to you, to, to, to the floor employees the clerks the city carriers the the rural carriers i want to know what's going on in this office because this stuff has come to my attention what is going on i want to hear from you why can't there be more management like that instead nine times out of ten management is exact opposite and they're causing the issue and it's coming from higher above and trickles on down let's take that for us too okay Think about this. What would it mean to the craft if leadership was stepping down to the rank and file and talking with carriers on the street, talking with carriers that are dealing with these issues, dealing with bad management? How many MOU-25s would be filed if leadership was actually listening to the carriers on the ground, looking at these offices that have extreme amount of grievances or offices that have absolutely no grievances and seeing what's going on? Imagine how much change would happen if our leadership actually listened to the boots on the ground. You know, at one time, this was working for USPS was a very coveted job. There was wait lists. There was lines to take the postal exams. There, you, you know, even when I first got hired in, I got, well, how did you get that job? You know, did you know somebody to get in? And that was only nine years ago. In today's day and age, we can't even be fully staffed. We're working bare bones. We've got regular carriers that are so exhausted because they're working six and seven days in offices to ensure that the service to their customers is done. And they can't get a day off. They can't get time off for family. They can't get time off for anything. And they're working to the point that they're walking out the door because they're that exhausted and fed up with it. That needs to change. Absolutely uh, needs to change. I talked to a carrier who said, yeah, he's, he's take, he takes a nap in his car after he gets done with work before he even drives home because he's so exhausted from working so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough that I only live three-tenths of a mile from my office. But, you know, I know, you know, there's many carriers that have a 30, 45, an hour, hour and a half commute into their office. You know, that that's a long drive. If once you get done, after you've worked a 10, 12 plus hour day, and you've been doing it for five, six, seven days in a row, you know, I, 
you know, I, I do know a carrier who, uh, once they got married, they ended up moving 70 miles from their office. No mutual transfers available. They commute 70 miles to their route, to, to their office, to run their route. There are days where, or weeks at a time, depending on the weather, but they get a hotel locally, so they're not home with their family after work. You know, it it's, it's, and when you're working that many hours, you get tired. I mean, I know I'm tired. I have another carrier in my office who is just wicked exhausted. You know, these couple holiday weekends have been a godsend for us, but it's, we need more rest. Because now we're at home and we're trying to catch up on at-home duties. And by the time we think we're caught up and trying to get some rest, eh, we're right back to the grind again. You know, it's it's not good for the soul. And that needs to change. And the only way I think that can change is if we have union leadership that's not afraid to go knock on postal headquarters doors and say, what the fuck is going on and how do we fix this now? Okay, I'm done. As you all could tell, we're very passionate about the craft and passionate about fixing the problems that we see on a database basis, plus the problems we don't currently see, the problems that haven't been told to us yet, the issues that are occurring in places where carriers are afraid to talk about this stuff. And that's the biggest issue. And like, like Kristen said, there's the joint statement 4-40. That's very close to me. Royal Oak is not far away from me where that joint statement was made after an incident there. Now, we, I can't describe the incident. Otherwise, we'll get banned from multiple platforms by their algorithms. But you guys understand what I'm talking about. You can do that if you have to. We're trying to step into this craft and prevent another Royal Oak from happening because this constant harassment and mistreatment of carriers could lead to that incident. You hear about them all the time on the news nowadays going on. We need a craft that's willing to step up and put management back into being the contract following leave the carriers alone management we had decades ago right after the 70s when everything happened in the 70s management backed off from carriers for a while licked their wounds until they turned around and started realizing that oh some people are here because they're desperate for the paycheck that they're getting they're desperate for the benefits that they're getting things like that and that's when management started putting their foot down, putting their foot down and changing things in the contract against the contract. So it's time for us to put our foot down on management and the harassment, get people in leadership that are going to go out and prevent this harassment from management. And it's time for leadership that's going to tell management, no, that's not happening. And it's also time, and I'm going to put this example with the Rx or Rex, as we call it, in educating our carriers. And that includes our non-dues-paying members of the craft. I believe that it, if it's a system that affects the way that you are paid and how you are paid, 
everybody should have access to that information and the same training across the board no matter what or how you what your stance is i don't care if you're dues paying or non-dues paying that is something that affects your pay how you're paid and everybody should have the exact same training across the board office to office employee to employee it needs to be the same and available to everybody. It's the same for steward to steward, too. Yes. Because, well, we all know, as we have been stewards in the past, we all did not get the same training on stuff or even the same information passed down. I mean, there are times where I'm going to put the example out. James and I are under the same DR. He was getting information from an ADR his ADR, and I had no clue because I never heard a word from mine. That type of stuff needs to change. If it is something that needs to go out to all carriers, all stewards, then it goes out to all carriers, all stewards, no matter what. Well, the same way the academy should be uniform across the country, so should, tra- so should this uh, steward training, too. Absolutely. That's steward Absolutely. with a D, not a, not a T. <laughs> <laughs> it is a steward, not a steward. But if yes. you are a steward and you are a steward, awesome for you. Uh- <laughs> no. Let yeah, me I, do it. I, I, actually, I actually had somebody come up and ask me, is your name Stuart? I'm like, no. Well, they told me you're the stewards here. I says, I'm the steward, not the steward. <laughs> Same thing? No, it's not. And, and I think, you know, especially, edu- you know, and with the, re- you know, with our jobs and especially with the Rex program, there are a lot of moving parts. A lot. Isn't it funny how the Rex system was written in stone and has been changed so many times? Since that oh, stone was cast, I know, right? But I and that and that needs to start from day one with brand new RCAs all the way up to that senior carrier. Everybody needs the same training across yeah. the board. Right, Doesn't I, matter I, I, if your office is up at the tip of Maine or the southern tip of California. Or Hawaii, you should be getting the same Puerto Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Alaska. You should be getting the same training. Uh, I have to go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my wife's upstairs. She's uh, suffering from vertigo, and she wants to come downstairs. So I have to bail out right now. Okay. And, and, right, and, you, and, have and, a good and New Peter. Year. Peter. <laughs> go take care of the family. Give her we'll our do. love. Well, right. everybody have a happy home. New Year. And you too. remember, you're, you're the most important delivery today. Be safe. Do your job as professionally efficiently as you can and get your ass home to your loved ones because that's the most important delivery of the day absolutely Everybody have a happy new year you too bill, you too, bill. give carol right. our love all right we'll do bye-bye all right bye so with that i think we're going to go ahead and wind it down for this new year's episode uh those that want to stay for uh post-show talks, you're more than welcome to. So, uh, Josh, your last final comments for tonight. 
Well, it's still dark early. It's getting cold out there. Be safe. Don't get overwhelmed. If you do, take a deep breath. Take a step back. Take a deep breath and step back in. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Go for it, James. Well, this next year is going to be a lot of fun for all of us, not only on the campaign trail, but also in terms of what's next in our year. Um, Just remember, no matter what happens, everything and everyone here, we're all in this together. Kristen, your final thoughts? Thank you. Yes, definitely. I know uh, some of us have had a green Christmas and it has been snowing out there. I got to remember, I still need to put the weights in my LLV. I've been getting away with it for this long. I think it's time that I probably should do that this week sometime. But on that note, guys, just remember, stay safe out there. Happy New Year to everybody. And we look forward to a very positive and prosperous 2024. And we will see you next time. Said I should open this and stand outside the case eating my popcorn watching the shit show. He's like, do it. And I said, okay. So I did. <laughs>